1: Turn with me to the book of Jude. The book of Jude this morning is where we are at. The book of Jude, where we started yesterday. Um, Verse 3 is our text, and our theme is earnestly contend for the faith. And yesterday we learned that um, what it means to earnestly contend. means to fight with passion. And so the concept of fight, but it has a prefix connected to it that gives it the oomph behind it. And so it's fight with passion. It does not mean contentious, controversial, conflict-seeking. Those things are rooted in pride. Earnestly contend and fight for the truth that's been passed on. Verse 3 says that ye should... earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints yesterday then we talked about why why should we contend we said the battle is real and you are targeted then we said the enemy is crafty and that it is worth it but then we ended really where we're going to spend most of our time today is how do we earnestly contend for this faith And yesterday we started off by saying that you do need, if you are going to fight, the first thing you need to learn is self-defense. Because if you get into a fight and you do not know how to defend yourself, then the enemy will destroy you. And so the the self-defense we talked about, we started yesterday with the upward block. And the upward block is always protect your heart. And we talked yesterday about Balaam, and that's where we're going to pick up today, Balaam's error. And in Jude, and in Jude chapter, only one chapter, but Jude verse 11 says, Woe unto them, and he goes on to say who ran greedily after the error of Balaam. So today, we are continuing with how ought we fight to contend for the faith. Heavenly Father, help us this morning. Calm our hearts. Lord, I know there's a lot going on. But Lord, calm our hearts to hear from you, to receive your word. made fall on good soil to bear much fruit. Do what only you could do. That's change hearts and lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I will say that it is so easy to get off track. I remember this summer, my, my wife and I, we were bringing a few of our, our kids from our church to camp. And so we we're in the Bahamas, and we were been, we've been saving and doing fundraising. And, and this is our first trip since COVID, taking our kids to camp. We were um, going to fly over to the U.S. We're going to stay in Florida for a little bit. We'll do some shopping and amusement park, and then um, head off and fly to camp. Well, when we got to Florida, our plan was to rent a van, uh, a van that has everyone in it, and we have everything planned, both of us. We're strong planners, we have everything in line, and we get to pick up the van, we have all of our young people with us, and they pretty much told us, long story short, you, there, there's no van here, you can't get a van. What do you mean we can't get a van? We have kids, they're up we need a van. Oh, no, you you can't get a van. Okay. We ended up getting two vehicles. So I had to drive one, she had to drive one. But the problem is we're coming from out of the country, and so typically uh, our phone plan, not typically, our phone plan wouldn't work, so we would get another phone. So we have one phone with one chip that's able to have GPS and Internet and everything and able to make calls. We thought we only needed one phone. We only had one van. But now we have two vehicles. And so now we're traveling, and we have, we're, so we're going to take our kids to the amusement park. We have to come back. We have an Airbnb. And so on some part of the parts of the journey, I follow my wife, and then other parts, she's following me. On the way back, I have the phone. I have the GPS. And she has to follow me with the, with the children in her car. And we're driving through, and we get to a part of town where there's construction all over the place. And so there's construction in rows and rows and rows. And I'm recognizing they are taking us off. And so I'm clicking like, follow me, come through, come on. All right, stick with me, stick with me. I'm in the front car. I have the phone. I'm the only one who actually can make a call in the U.S. right now. And so we are on the, just the exit And she's in the wrong lane. I'm gonna go back behind me. Come, come, come over, come over, come over, please come over. Because this is turning. And I turn and she goes straight. Oh, and I'm like, okay, we are like five minutes away from this Airbnb house. And then she continues to go straight. You know, but it it took a while for her to, she ended up, what we all do when we travel, we, we find a McDonald's, get onto Wi-Fi somehow, and see if we could figure a way back around it. And so eventually, they found their way back, but how easy it is to get off track. It is so easy. Just one step takes you in the wrong direction, takes you way off track. This is where we are today with Balaam. And so yesterday, we dealt with contending the upward block. The downward block is dealing with your steps. Now, Balaam is one of these interesting characters in Scripture, and... and Every time he's mentioned in the New Testament, he's mentioned as a warning. It's almost like if we're training soldiers, he is the example they are using to say you need to learn this person so you can know how to get, how to deal in battle. He was their training mechanism almost. And so we we have to learn Balaam to understand the how to work in this battle he's always used as a warning now we're gonna jump out of Jude into Peter Peter and Jude are doing the same thing with the passion of what's coming into the church so when we jump over into Peter Peter gives us another picture of a beware for Balaam which gives us the downward block. He goes on, in Peter, we're going to look at verse 15, but Peter, uh, he is not... Jude is, is a little bit more sophisticated in his writing. You listen to him, you know, and he's, he's really earnestly contend for the faith. Now, Peter, when he starts talking about these, these false prophets and people you need to be aware of, he is straightforward. Now this is still old English, but you can still hear Peter. I'm gonna start with verse number 12. We're gonna get down to verse number 15. Verse number 12, he's talking about these people that you'll need to be aware of who's coming into the church, who wants to turn your people and your hearts away from God. And this is what he starts saying. Verse 12 says, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things they understand not. And shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covenant, um, covetous practices, cursed children. Oh, okay, tell us what you really mean, Peter. I mean, Peter is really strong here. Like these people, they're coming in and I want you to know who they are. Then he uses the example of Balaam. Look at what he says. Says, which have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. So this is is very important because he is giving us a second warning for Balaam. The first warning for Balaam was Balaam's error. What was Balaam's error? Balaam's error was a lust in his heart replaced a love for the lord what's supposed to be a love for the lord was replaced by a lust in his heart and that was the inception of sin that will take you in the wrong direction go back to yesterday because i can't, i don't have time to explain and develop that but that was the error now this error led to a way now, as we begin, this is the principle here, beware of the way of Balaam. This is the downward block. This is the steps of your feet. This is where the, air, the, the enemy wants you to change direction and go his way. The biblical principle of the way is found in Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. The psalm says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Since though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. The other principle is there is a way that seems right unto a man, and the end thereof are the ways of death. So there's two ways, there's his way and our way. Now if you follow God's way, this is the principle, the right man based upon Psalm 37. Now this is just a side note, I have to deal with this. This is not a message on the will of God, but this is the passage I will deal with whenever I preach on the will of God, because it's important people hear the will of God. How do I know the will of God? I need to understand what is the will of God. They think of the will of God as a destination. And the will of God is not a destination. It is a journey. It's a way. And so when you're praying for the will of God, God wants you in the right way. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And so what Psalms is telling us is the right man, who's right before God, with the right heart, who's tender before God, taking the right steps will always, for every time, end up in the right way because it'll end to the right place. The right man with the right heart taking the right steps will always end up in the right place. That's the principle of, of Psalm 37. So the steps of a good man, ordered, the word ordered means adjusted by the Lord. And so, it's, so, you, so your, your way, your will, God's will is a way. And so when you're in his will, you are actually walking in his way. And so when you're in that way, what happens is he adjusts your steps. The words adjust is thinking like like a, a child, if, if a child's with a parent. There are times where, like see, they're on a journey. There's times where the child, there's this big space, or oh, you could roam, and the child is over here playing, and, and over here playing. And as soon as the parent says, come, let's go, if the child is listening, boom, they're right here. If the, if the parent sees danger, I need you to come, the child is with them. They continue to walk. If they get to a dangerous place, what happens? The parent holds the hand and the child holds the parent's hand and what he does, he adjusts his steps. I want to go that way. No, come this way. Stay with me. It's narrow hair so that steps are being adjusted, corrected in the way. We're not afraid to fall. If you look at a mountain, I do not know how to get up that mountain. I know you don't need to know. Hold on to my hand. I have you. But what if I fall, you will not be utterly cast down because I will uphold you with my right hand. So stay in the way. All right, so understand the way. But the biblical warning is given to Balaam. Beware of the way of Balaam. What is this way? Verse 15, which have forsaken the right way, gone astray, Following the way of Balaam, who loved the wages of unrighteousness and was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass donkey speaking with a man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. This is Balaam's way. Let's look at the, what I call the biblical narrative. Jump with me again to Numbers. Numbers chapter and I think we are still in chapter 22 with numbers. Yesterday, we left Balaam in Balaam's error. The, the um, Balak, king of Moab, sees Israel coming. He sends these, these people to to Balaam, says, listen, he's 400 miles away. He sends these people and says, hey, listen, I know you, who you bless is blessed, who you curse is cursed, come curse these people. Balaam says to them, listen, I have to go talk to the Lord first. And I'm like, wow. He goes to talk to the Lord, and then that night God shows up. This is why are these men here? And he says, why? He says, you shall not go, you shall not curse, because they are blessed. There's no question of what God said. So, so Balaam goes back and says, hey, I can't go the Lord has not given me permission. So he blamed God for what his heart really wanted to do. And so these men go back to Balak the king. The king says, oh no, send better princes, send more money. Tell them whatever, here's a blank check, sign it, and whatever you want you have. They come back and Balaam strong says, well, I can't do anything other than what God said. But y'all stay here tonight. Let me see if he changes mine. So he goes back and God says, go. He gives him permission. Now that's very important because the issue is his heart. All right? Because God gives permission. When we only want God's permission rather than his desire, we are heading in the wrong direction. Because a lot of, you just want God to give us the permission. We, just, we work our parents until we get what we want. We don't line ourselves up with what they desire. We work it until we get what we want. This is what Balaam is doing. And so his heart is not in the right place, which now is going to affect the steps. And so he's playing this game. He's playing the game, and many of us, we know the game so well. But, see, God understands. What is this way? The Bible says, um, And Balaam rose up in the morning, verse 21, and saddled his ass his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab, and the anger of the Lord was kindled. And so this is the interesting story. If you start circling just the word way in this passage... This donkey, God allows to see. Because this is what, again, blows my mind when it comes to this story. I tell you, this story of Balaam is very, very like... To me. In many ways. I just didn't know what the word was. I think in pictures. All right, so he gets here. And what happens on the way? Verse 22 says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled because he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the way. Now when I, who is the angel of the Lord, you wonderful, intelligent Bible students? When we have the angel of the Lord showing up in scripture, we know who that is. We have God talking to him and the angel of the Lord himself showing up on the scene? It's not, understand, this is not no third-tier angel, no fifth-tier angel. This is the angel of the Lord showing up on the scene. Jesus Christ himself comes to deal with Balaam? Wow. And so Balaam is in the wrong, going the wrong way. And God, I mean, the angel of the Lord shows up. And then he was riding and he has these two servants with him. And the Bible says, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn. (laughs) And so, you know what the donkey does? Turns aside, out of the way, and went into a field. And so, I'm, I'm picturing this. Again, I'm a, I'm a visual person. I'm a visual reader. I, 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 I'm in there. I'm smelling. I'm feeling the breeze. I'm riding with Balaam. And then, boy, I tell you, all of a sudden, whoosh, the angel of the Lord, sword drawn. Donkey sees B-b- not that way. Oh. And so Balaam, he, he, he has these two guys, and, and they're going, What is he doing? And so Balaam gets off, and according to the Bible, starts beating his dog. You dumb donkey, what are you doing? Come. Oh, now it goes on. I tell you this. Doesn't need any help. This is beautiful in scripture. I'm telling you. The next thing is the angel of the Lord, verse twenty-four, stood in the path of vineyards, a wall being on one side and a wall on the other, <laughs> and so he's and then he gets to a place there is a wall, wall on this side, wall on this side, so he's mm-mm-m-mm. Mm, 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 mm angel of the Lord donkey goes, I, I ain't going that way. So he's trying to go mm, and he pushes Balaam into the wall. Now again, this is, this is good Bible right here. <laughs> and verse 25, and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he smote her again, dumb donkey, what are you doing? You're crushing my foot. My foot's in pain. Look. And the donkey is going, angel of the Lord with a sword. Look. (laughs) But then he gets back on the donkey. And this is, again, excuse my visual mind, but this is hilarious to me says, and the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. Oh, so they came like to a cliff. It doesn't say cliff, but you can't go. If I go this way, I fall. If I go that way, I fall. Oh, goodness, this is only a place. Oh, angel of the Lord, then what do I do now? Donkey goes, I ain't going nowhere. He goes down. Whoosh! And in my head, where does Balaam go? Whoosh! So Balaam, the Bible says, let's give it the Bible way. <laughs> says an angel of the Lord went and stood in a narrow place, and there was no turn either to the right or the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said unto him, Balaam, what have I done unto you that you smite me these three times? Now when the donkey starts talking, this is why Peter says, the madness of the prophet. Have you dealt with young people? I mean, I have. I've dealt with a lot of young people. And everyone around them says, don't go that way. Don't date that person. That's not good for you. Well, well, it's just because everybody's hating on me. Everybody, everybody, no. It's because we could see. <laughs> you blind. <laughs> so this, this, this is where he is. Madness. And he could talk to the donkey. So this is, they're having a conversation. And Sazam Balaam said unto the ass, because. You have mocked me. You embarrassed me. You make me look stupid in front of everybody. Oh, wow. If I could tell you how many students come into being suspended because someone embarrassed them, boy, I tell you. And so the whole thing goes here. Jump down. God opens his eyes. And God speaks to Balaam. Listen, this is important. The angel of Lord verse 32, said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand you, because thy way is perverse before me. God is very clear. I withstood you. Your way is perverse. You're going the wrong way. I can tell you, based upon the history that I have worked with young people, rebellion typically doesn't happen overnight. It's decision after decision after decision. And what it is, is you know, it's almost like God shows up. It's almost like, like, how did mommy know I was doing this? But how do they figure this out? And, and then you get mad at the ones who are trying to stop you from going the wrong way. And it's, but all of these are gods trying to get in your face to say you're going the wrong way. And so, there's no question your way is perverse. And verse 33 says, And they saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. Boy, I tell you, a lot, so many of our young people are walking around because of someone praying for you. Someone praying for you. Like Boy, the Lord, it was, the Lord says, If it wasn't for this donkey, you would have been dead. Now listen, now, Balaam, did you hear what the Lord is saying? All right. Verse 34, and Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. Oh, I love those words. For I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Say, what? Let let me repeat it. I sinned because I didn't know it was you. I sinned because I didn't think I was going to get catch. When I get catch, all of a sudden I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry for what I've done. I am sorry because I don't want to get punished. See, when you have repentance that only wants to get you out of trouble, check your repentance. Because it isn't repentance. You, you're manipulating the situation and you're manipulating your own heart. And so, so this is. I sin. I didn't know it was that it was you. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will get me back again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if Lord, if if this way is displeasing to you, I'll go back. If this way is displeasing, did you not hear me? I would have killed you. Your way is perverse. But, again, you have to understand the heart of God. God is not interested in making anyone follow him. It's your choice. It's always, always a choice. And recognize that the enemy wants to come and say, you don't have a choice. Oh, I just, I didn't, I couldn't control myself. I just didn't have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. And you know what the Lord said after that? The angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, go with the man. Why? Because he already gave him the chance to turn back. See, his heart was already pointed in the direction. Your feet take you where your heart is already pointed. So this is Balaam's way. He consciously and deliberately chose to make steps that went away from the will of God. And he traded God's will for his own. And then finally, I'm just going to to share with you. Hold hold on. I'm going to give you the story. Because the last one is... This is the what we call the doctrine of Balaam, found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. He says, There are those that hold to the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit fornication. Balaam could not curse. Could not curse. He went there, and every time he tried to curse... Blessings came out. Blessing, 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 blessing. And if you read the story, it ends up with this mult I mean, it's huge blessing over, over Israel. So Balaam leaves and we pick up the story in Numbers 25. He goes and he now counsels the people, Balak and the, Midian, um, the Midianites, and says, I know how to get them. You turn the people against God and God will turn on his own people. Send your prostitute women in. These men have been wandering in the wilderness long. They want good food. They want a pretty woman. Go, take your prostitutes. Invite them to your meals. Sacrifice to idols. Seduce them. And you'll see what God does and it's what happened they went in these beautiful women from Midi came into the camp seduced the men of Israel and God sent a plague the plague went rapidly through the land and as the plague went Moses got up and said God has spoken he says take those who are instigators and leaders in this sin against me, and you make an example and you kill them in front of everyone. Moses called the leaders, says, this is what God says. I need you to go through and kill those who are involved with this sin. As he's doing this, I think it's as, but in the same time, one of the chief guys from um, one of the sons, the princes of the tribe of Simeon took one of the daughters, one of the chief daughters from Midian in front of everybody, flaunting sin in the sight of God and the people, passed the tent of worship where people are praying for God's mercy, took her into his tent. And the Bible says, there's one man by the name of Phineas. Phineas was the unspoken hero. He got up. He was, a, he was a Levite. See, He was not used to fighting battles. He was used to killing sheep, not men. But he got up, the fire of the Lord in his heart, took that spear, came into that tent, took it, went through both of them, and walked out. And the Bible says, the plague stopped. Now, could you imagine? The people probably still, like, what just happened? He, talk, he took a stand in front of everyone with the most popular people. And when he did that, God spoke for him. God said... This man, Phineas, is zealous for me. He has my fire in him. He's done what I want, and I will give him an eternal covenant. So Phineas vindicated the Lord. Let's just read Jude, the last verses as we leave. I know you've got to go. What is this then? What it is, is verse 21 of Jude. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion, making a difference. But others, save with the fear of God, pulling them out of the fire, hating even garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Fight for God, not with hatred, but with the fire and love of God burning in your heart. Make a difference for him this Christmas.
0: You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.